It's just money. It's made up. Pieces of paper with pictures on it so we don't have to kill each other just to get something to eat. It's not wrong. And it's certainly no different today than it's ever been. Get ready! Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive! This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. is going back to Cali and the PGA Tour starts its West Coast swing. Guess what? The Pro-Am. That means more slow golf, Grayson Murray. 15 hours of putting like Kevin Na for those wannabe amateurs, but this is still the American Express Open. And yes, the pros are getting their strokes on. Three courses. Three courses. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, Australia. Hello, UK. Specifically, want to give a shout out to our listeners on the East Coast. They outnumber everyone, everywhere. It's amazing. Now, if you're a returning listener... Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. Welcome back. And if you're new to the show... Douchebag says what? What? (laughs) What? 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 Now the cut line is brought to you by Fanshare Sports and Golf Goons. First, Fanshare Sports, the ultimate analysis for PGA Golf, PGA ownership for DFS. You want to get a leg up against your GPP field. Stats and breakdown by Lee Aldrich. Breakdowns in the blog by Rob G. Only one place to go, Fanshare Sports, to sign up. Very easy, easy fix. Go to subscribe. In the discount code, write the word cutline. You'll receive 20% off your Fanshare Sports Pro membership. Now to Golf Goons. NFTs are the future. Take advantage of what Golf Goons has to offer. We're going to be having their website live soon enough so you can sign up easily and accessibly. But want to point this out, guys. It's still early in the process you can bank on some real cash very simple thing you put in a bid for an nft all right everyone puts in the same bid and then a lottery is placed if you win the goon he's yours he's yours forever for every tournament you want justin thomas at the masters boom you got him you can buy him you could trade for him soon enough you'll get all those guys released that you're interested in i'm telling you guys it's a lucrative opportunity golf goons take advantage of it I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. The Fitbit wearing, nope, scratch that. The Garmin wearing now. Yeah, I'm wearing a Garmin. Tailor made driving, typically in the 80s, want to be in the 70s. Son of a gun. You want to know what's causing all this? Love of the game, growing the game. It's as simple as that. Now, the Sony is over. Left us with another outright winner this year. That marks number three. Thank you, Decky, for the second time. We tailed him at the Zozo. But that brings us to the good. The bad, the ugly, the good. Obviously, Decky with the winner. Who doesn't like an outright? But we're going to add to it. Seamus Power, top five, right? Had him. Kiz, top five. Had him top tens, right? We had a lot of love to that Century Tournament of Champions. All the guys playing last week, top 20s, top 30s, top 40s. Woo! 
A lot of money to be made last weekend if you did that strategy. Now the bad. DFS was bad. Too much Abraham answer. And we'll get to him next. But um, not enough 6-6. Six six. We didn't lose all of it, but we didn't gain it all back, unfortunately. Lost about, I don't know, 20% of what we put in this week. So, again, we're prepping for the Millie for the Masters. That is our goal every week. 150 max, no matter the situation. This week included. Prepping, prepping, prepping. And now the ugly. Abraham answered. We talked about him on Twitter, especially with House Money, my guy. He talked about course history and his importance here and its correlation. And I knew all this, but I went with the narrative, right? I went with the narrative of answer, missing cut, playing terribly, always with the bounce background. Now, he didn't miss the cut at the Century Tournament of Champions. I get that. But he played awful. So I was hoping for a bounce back, and it really looked like it was going to happen. It was going to come to fruition, right? Four under after round one. He's going to make the cut. He's going to you know, troll everybody and toast everybody, win it outright for me. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Round two came. And that was it. That was the ugly. All right, let's break this down. So the cut line is here to bring you an in-depth analysis of the American Express Open. I'm going to do the best I can. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. To make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday. In addition, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're creating your best lineups, winning lineups, smashing lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. The cut line. California, the American Express Open. Three courses that don't really have a lot of teeth now the course report is brought to you by pix empire make sure you follow johan on twitter at johan sports god and you can find the link on his twitter handle to start cashing and smashing in nfl nba nhl and tennis all money makers pix empire's been crushing dude been crushing i've been following him and he just lays it out there makes you guys money enjoys it loves it Reaches out to all subscribers, so it's a very, very, very good opportunity for you guys that have access to the sports book to just smash the sports book, and that's important. All right, this week the golfers will play the stadium course, the Nicholas course, in La Quinta, the beautiful town of La Quinta, California. Phil Mickelson might play host again. I think his charities are receiving proceeds and donations. I'm not quite sure. I think he usually hosts this one. Either way. Whatever the exception is, all these courses play exceedingly easy, and it's very sad. Now, we'll talk about it. Just when we're all excited to get back into the swing of things, the PGA Tour lays down a monster of a challenge, a tormenting challenge for the pros. Sadly, the answer for us is paying top dollar to enjoy some golf, right? Watching amateurs. 54-hole cut with players playing three different courses. The courses include the Stadium Course, La Quinta, and the PGA West Nicholas Course. Being a pro-am, we'll have to watch a pain slow golf with setups that are incredibly easy. And the last time the winner didn't score at least 20 under par was back in 2007 when Charlie Hoffman fought off John Rollins to win the championship. Now, it's more important to note that each pro will be paired up with an amateur during the first three days of the tournament. And there are players who thrive in these scenarios where amateur is chasing shots and a pro is waiting like Grayson Murray. Second time we use that joke, watching Kevin not putt. We just don't enjoy it. Now, the longest hole at the stadium, of course, is nicknamed Eternity due to its incredible length. And for this tournament, 
It can be set up as far as 617 yards, but that's the problem. It's not. It's a pro-am. Takes all the fun away. Sunday will still be fun. It's the final three holes play like difficult at the stadium course. The 16th is named San Andreas due to one of the deepest greenside bunkers on tour. And of course, Die stole one, if not the most iconic hole from his TPC Sawgrass design and having another island par three on the 17th. The biggest difference is that Alcatraz plays from an elevated tee box and it's much more larger green. In addition, the hole is nearly 30 yards longer. Now, if the tournament has multiple players tied or in striking distance, there will be plenty of drama on these final three holes. I do wish there were more to say about the events, but it's not. It's not a backbreaker type course. There's three different courses, and you're just going to have to kind of guess and pick who to play. So, stadium course, Pete Dye Design. We got dormant Bermuda overseer with Ryan Poa. 6,500 square feet, average size greens, slower greens. 7,100 yards, seven water hazards, and 90-plus bunkers. La Quinta, Lawrence Hughes, dormant Bermuda again, 7,000 yards of change, seven water hazards coming to play with 85 bunkers, and of course, P.J. West, five water hazards, 83 bunkers, a little over 7,100 yards, and again, dormant Bermuda, overseer with Rye and Poa. Looking at it, the weather, you do have some wind in the a.m. on Thursday currently, so you showdown players, fade that a.m., go to the p.m. side of things. We're on the West Coast. But looking at the weekend, we got windy conditions Saturday and Sunday, so you might want to play guys who are using the stadium course on Friday. On Friday. A few nuggets and tidbits. Greens are manicured with Bermuda grass, but it goes dormant this time of year. The greens get overseed with rye grass from tea to green, as well as poa on the greens. So if you're using splits in your DFS process, you'd be benefiting from looking at the bent grass and poa stats rather than Bermuda. Pete Dye designs are intended to t- intimidate you. So make no mistake that if you make a mistake, it's going to be difficult. Very few holes allow you to be super aggressive at the stadium course. It's much more difficult. Uh, the course itself, the stadium course, was intended to be the most difficult course ever imagined and conceived and it delivered its first year as host of the desert classic pros found it to be too difficult and refused to return the following year they even signed a petition to remove the course as host from a showdown standpoint make sure that you guys are rostering players who are not playing that course and the weather now throwing a little wrench in here especially with saturday could be a fun times fun times pro shot distribution specifically at the stadium course 150 to 175 and 250 plus gets the majority of play. Past winners, Siwoo Kim, Andrew Landry, Adam Long, and John Rahm. Key stats I'm utilizing, strokes gain, T to green, approach, procs from 150 to 175, opportunities gain, greens and regulation gain, or birdies are better gained. Similar courses that I like, Sedgefield, Harbortown, TPC Scottsdale, Sea Island, and of course TPC Summerlin. But the question you're asking yourself is who are we going to play this weekend these two putts from victory only needs one Ooh, got a member's bounce there boys that's birdie all day long so this is the cut lines birdie or better segment where we break down each tier of golfer from the top tier john Rom, all the way down to the 6k range and we are looking at a golf slate, a real golf slate, right? Not like the Century Tournament of Champions, not the joke that was the Sony Open. We actually have some real golfers in this field that could cause a lot of controversy, aka Patrick Reed, 
golfers that could wear a lot of orange, also known as Ricky Fowler. So we got a lot of options here, but we're going to break down this top tier range from John Rahm all the way down through Tony Finau, four golfers up in this top tier. So of these four that I like, I like them all, to be to be perfectly frank, you got Cantley, Rom, Scheffler, and Tony Finau. So, first of all, looking at course history at the American Express. All right, Rom, winner in 2018, has a top six finish the following year, didn't play the two years after that, and of course before that, 2017, had a 34th place finish. Patrick Cantley, ninth in 2019, 24. For uh, 2021, he finished second place. Scotty Scheffler, and I'll never forget this. I was big on him last year, saying he could come back and potentially get his first win, but he ended up missing the cut. And of course, Tony Finau, a fourth and a 14th in the last two years. You guys got elite players right here. You got players who have all missed the cut this year, this season, except Patrick Cantley. Granted, Cantley's played in one event, and that was the Century TOC, which was a no-cut event, so we did not see him during the fall swing. The fact that we saw Scheffler, Finau, so often during the fall swing, that means that they are just on a mission this year to get their game ready, primed for primetime, primed for majors. So, the fact is that all these guys fit my model very, very well. If you look at my overall stat model, all of them figure in the top 20, Two of them figure in the top 10. All right, the two top 10 guys, Cantley and Rom, Scheffler, number 18 overall, and Finau is number 12 overall. In my aggregate model, three of them are in the top 10, with Scheffler being the odd man out. And then in my confidence model, which does ownership, Vegas, a bunch of lots of litany of other stats, all of them in the top 10. So are there reasons for concern? I think there are. I think Tony Finau has some questionable you know, fit here necessarily. He's a solid approach player, solid at scoring, obviously. Um, where he's going to struggle is with the putter. You look at someone like Scheffler, another guy is going to sh- struggle with the partner, putter. We could say things about John Rahm in the same light, but the thing is he's, he's won here before. So he has the course history. He finished second at the Century Tournament of Champions. So to say that he's not in any type of decent golf form would be ridiculous. It would be. It just would be a foolish thing to stay claim and stake your name to. The, the guy's already won a tournament this year, or I'm sorry, almost won a tournament this year. He's looking solid. He's looking ready for just a solid 2022. I'm in on all four of these guys. I think they should be a part of your GPP builds, and I would even consider you know starting some cash plays with Cantlay here because he really fits this course. Am I going to start? cash with a 10k guy probably not i'm gonna start down in the 9k range but still there's a lot of options here these guys all rank you know in the top third of like the top three of vegas and what they opened up at with rom at six to one can't lay nine to one scheffler and tony finau both at 20 to one respectively so a lot of upside here for these three these four players make sure you guys take advantage of it going down to that 9k range now here's where it gets fun all right my favorite place in this range from 99 all the way to 9000 my favorite are four there's sung jm taylor gooch matt wolf and abraham answer okay all of these guys seamus power Corey connors wills Torres, russell henley all these guys have very good viable rationales as why you should play them okay 
And, and I do see the upside in plenty of them. First of all, in my overall stat rank, concerns I have. Seamus Power, number 47. Okay, Matt Wolf, number 67, though I do like him. And Will Zalatoris, 95. Here's the thing with Matt Wolf. Wolf's stats are always going to be suspect and questionable because of the fact that he, is, he, he, he took that time off for mental health, right? So if you look at his data, you look at the analysis that you're looking at Matt Wolf, you look more recent form. And in terms of recent form, and I know it's not really recent per se because we haven't seen him for, for a long time. The fact is Matt Wolf has some solid stats if you look at his comeback and how he played. Okay. He finished 11th at the Houston Open. Fifth at the Fortinet, right? He made those two cuts, dominated, played great. I'd most definitely even look at first-round leader for Matt Wolf, just because he looks that solid. Now, history says that 60, uh, 40th place, 61st place isn't that great of a play. But the thing is, though, I do think he is a viable option here this week. When you're looking at Matt Wolf, get him right, get him early before people jump on. Looking at early ownership... Ownership is not saying, like, Matt Wolf's going to be that popular. We're, we're at 10% right now. 10%, give or take. Um, I'll take Matt Wolf at, at, at that ownership. Even on Fanshare, I think Fanshare got some a little lower than that. Uh, they We've ran our initial run-through with Fanshare Sports, so we're good to go there. But I think I think there's a lot of upside here for Matt Wolf. In terms of my projections model, I got him 23rd. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of skewed stats here with Wolf because of the time off. Other two that I like, Sun J.M., Taylor Gooch. M coming off the miscut. I love that. Uh, if people feel burned, they're going to fade him, and he won't reach that 20%, 25% ownership that he should be at, and he's actually going to be less than 20% owned. But you look at a course history here that's impeccable, even coming off the miscut at the Sony. 12th, 10th, 12th, right? Three top 15s, one top 10. And then the same with Taylor Gooch. 21st, 17th, 4th, and the 67th. Now, now, don't doubt that people will miss cuts here, right? We kind of talked about this in the intro, but people are going to not be comfortable playing with certain amateurs. And I really do think that affects the psyche of the professional golfer. So I don't know how you, you pay attention to this, like who's paired with who in terms of like amateurs, but it could be brutally miserable to golf with that that they don't want to do it for another you know another Sunday competition to where they play so bad because the golf is so slow whatever the case may be they're just not used to it so caution to the wind caution to the wind because we are kind of flying blind here with a pro-am it's one of the worst things about it so when we look at 54 hole no cut events we look at kind of like just the overall stats that we're using for for the American Express, right? And of course, we're looking at, at shorter courses. Like it's interesting how numbers shake out in this nine K range. Like in terms of like where in that kind of area of play these guys look. So looking at that specifically in that nine K range. The rankings that we see in my overall stat model, the rankings that we see in my approach model, all that kind of stuff, kind of goes out the window. 
Sung J M still ranks thirty nine. That doesn't bother me. But Sung Taylor Gooch, he's ninety fourth. Seamus Power is one hundred forty second. Right, Zalatoris one hundred thirty fourth. Limited data though on Zalatoris. Corey Connors is seventy seventh. So you got to be cautious about these fifty four hole cuts. Not all fifty four hole cuts are obviously programs, but still, it is something to be concerned about. Like. Most 54 cuts are on course rotation. There's some some unique aspect about that tournament. So be mindful of that, that in this 9K range, there is some risk, some worry about who you're going to play. So answer is the course history here. He's coming off the miscut at the, at the Sony. And you know what? He was sitting pretty, man, minus four the first round and then fell apart. Course history came back to bite him in the butt. But you're talking about a guy who looks solid here. 5th, 2nd, 18th, and 76th place. Hopefully he burned enough people last week that they'll have hindsight bias and they will not be rostering him. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to jump right back on board of the Abraham answer train. I think he's due to have a great year. And then Seamus Power and Corey Connors, they kind of scare me. All right, the thing with, with the Seamus Power, we had him top five last week. We had him top ten last week. We had him as the outright last week. I would love to have cashed that. We we ended up cashing Decky instead, which is fine. Sheamus would have paid much, much better. And, you know, you look at his 2021 stats, there's a lot of numbers here that say, like, you should be rostering Sheamus Power. Like, he's awesome on par fives in the field, awesome on par fours, right? He's a, he's a birdie machine, ranked 16th in the field, can scramble, approach, Greens and regulation, it's all there, right? It's all there. But Seamus Power at $9,500. $9,500 for Seamus Power, who, mind you, has three guys lower than him opening up at Vegas that have better odds. Corey Connors, Matt Wolf, and Abraham Answer. You can even go down to Patrick Reed at 8800 who have better odds than Seamus Power. So this is kind of concerning, right? Like, do you believe that your that DK pricing is smarter than Las Vegas to where he should appropriately fit at the third highest in the second tier of this of this week? I'm not buying it. I, I'm not saying fade Seamus Power like full out, but I'm not going to take bits and pieces of a Seamus Power that is essentially in my opinion, overpriced. Like, you're never going to see him this high again, especially in in this field. And I get some of it. Like, I understand why he's priced this high. I'm looking at his recent form. I'm looking at all of that. It's just, I don't know if I can buy it. I don't know if I can buy into that. That's a lot. It's a lot of money for a Seamus Power. Come on, man. It's not... uh, it's not Tiger Woods we're talking about here, who's underpri- or underpriced. We're, we're, it's too much money. Too much money for this guy. Too much money for this guy. So, um, We'll talk more about Russell Henley a little bit later in the show. But right now, I'm, I'm going to tell you that he's not on my list of must plays. And then, you know, Gooch, we're going to stick with it. Gooch and Sungjae, we are going to stick with those as solid plays here in this 9K range. I think they're solid options. Um, going down to the 8K range, 
I think this is kind of where like cash really comes into play and it's a huge, huge opportunity to kind of take advantage of some of the top plays to, to, to help solidify that bankroll. Um, love you cash Kings out there, man. Love you guys that go out there and rock cash every week. I don't know if I've yet grasped the mental aspect of it because so much of that mental cash aspect I do at a sports book betting singles you know I'm not a big parlay guy um, as most of as most of you guys are but um, I like the slow roll grind it out you know sooner or later you'll cash on a big parlay obviously for a small investment but so what um, it's something to take advantage of but if we if we go to the cash wise side of 8k don't you kind of just have to start your lineups here with Siwoo Kim? Siwoo Kim is a Pete Dye expert. Won here last year, the year before, at a withdraw after he was playing super well. 40th in 2019. You know, he's he's pretty cheap at $8,300. Like, that's a cheap price, right? Um, I think there's a lot of upside there for Siwoo Kim. If you're going to start with him in your cash lineups. In my approach model, 25th. My fairways and greens model, 30th. Siwoo Kim is 16th in scoring in my scoring model. So I think Siwoo is a good stop for cash games. Um, I could see him playing in your in, in your DFS you know, GPP lineups, but I do think he's going to get some popularity here. Um, the thing is, though, this 8K range is huge, right? I feel like it's a lot more bigger like than it normally is. Because they took so many players out of that top tier. There's only four guys in that top tier. So they had to space them out somewhere. Now, one thing I'm not going to do this week is fade Ricky Fowler. I talked about this last year. I want to be on the Ricky Fowler bandwagon when he makes the comeback before everybody else is. And initial ownership looks like sub 10% again. Now, I don't think it's a sneaky play by any means. I don't. I I, I don't think you're going to get him at 1% you know, less than 1% ownership, especially at 8,500, especially the name, you know, Ricky Fowler's name. Like, why are we playing rostering Ricky Fowler? Like there's a, there's a lot of reasons there, but stat wise, he, he just, he doesn't fit, right? His game's been off. He's looked terrible. 2021 was just a mess. You know, it, 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 it questionable at best, right? We saw him at the Fortnite. He finished 40th. Okay. Um, his best finish, though, which was a no-cut event, was at the CJ Cup where he finished third. So we got him at the top five. We saw him play so well last year at the uh, U.S. Open um, where he did pretty solid on that course. So I think things are up on the up and up for Ricky Fowler. We saw the same thing with Jordan Spieth. So why can't we see a Ricky Fowler improve and get better at golf and get better for the entire leg of this year and just building towards the Masters, building towards other majors? He's never won a major championship. He has never won a major championship, and and obviously winning is very hard, but for a guy that's won five times on tour, Justin Rose has won ten times, Patrick Reed's won nine times, um, majors are obviously very elusive. Right in this whole field from the 10k range down through the 8k range, there's a total of three majors one Patrick Reed, Rose, John Rahm. Right, majors that's that's it, those are your major winners 
in the field. That's it. No other player from the t- from the top tier through the 8K range has won a major other than those three. So it's somewhat concerning, right, when golf gets hard. Obviously, we're not going to see that here, but, you know, it, it it's hard to win the big ones. Now, we do kind of look at the rest of these guys here in this AK range, like like Tringale, Patrick Reed, Bez, Justin Rose. For Tringale, I'm going to play um, wait and see, I think. I don't think I'm going to have a lot of Cameron. I know it's my favorite name, but and I know he had an awesome year last year. He he just dominated last year. Um played so well but course history here isn't that kind especially at 8900 when you got a 56 43rd 51st and two missed cuts he's made six of seven cuts this year so he has been playing a lot um and you know we did see him finish seventh at the houston open don't really see a lot of correlation here with that but we saw him miss a cut at at the fortnet the, the week before uh, Bez, we were all about it last week playing on that kind of bermuda surfaces but now we're bent to this like rye grass you know overseed and i'm not going to be jumping on the best train being that he's never played here before being on the west coast um i do like his game 17th last week you know he was looking pretty solid especially coming back for for his first for his first tournament um of 2022 calendar year it's just you know, Bez is the 27-year-old. He's, he's young on tour. He's going to have ups and downs. I do think he fits this course. Um, I'm most definitely going to bet Bez, probably like top 20, top 40, top 10, top 5. Probably go with the each way. In, in my model, you know, he fits top 30. So he does fit some of the parameters that I'm looking for. It's just I don't like the fact that he hasn't played here before. I don't like the fact that we're kind of switching, like, putting surfaces, grass, and everything like that. So a lot of the things that we saw last week kind of make me suspect that it's going to continue. But I still will take bits and pieces of Bez. Um, so I, I think there's some opportunity there. Going down to Justin Rose. Justin Rose is always an ownership play for me. If he's going to be low-owned, you're going to roster him. If he's going to be chalk, you're kind of going to fade him. And that's where we fit with Justin Rose. I, I do see the upside there as to kind of why you should roster him. But we're we're... I mean, look, he ranks 18th in my aggregate model, 13th in my confidence model, 14th in my overall stat model. There's a lot to love there. Cut percentage is low. I got him projected at about 37.9% of the time he misses the cut. Of course, Vegas loves him. They got him at 50 to 1. He ranks 14th in the field in that. Um, and right now we're at 10% ownership. I think if that number dips down in the single digits, like 9, 8, 7, that's when I'm more uh, um, more inclined to buy into Justin Rose. Um, as of right now, though, is that number keeps growing up, and that's kind of where I'm going to be watching it for for this range and a lot of the guys in this range actually, is where they fall on the ownership standpoint and how we can take advantage of it. I think Justin Rose is going to be one of those guys who goes up. I think someone like Tringale and Bez are guys that go down, so be mindful of that. I think Rose has an awesome top 10 percentage. Maybe not as good as Tringale or Bez do, but still, we've seen the upside there with that 8K range and those guys playing well. Um, looking at his projections, Justin Rose ranks 12th in my projections model at 84.54. In terms of the style course, 22nd. So that's nice. Just letting you guys know that that, that all these projections are available on cutlinegolf.com. 
and you guys can actually download them in your own build your own model so that's a weighted model where it uses many of the stats that I use to kind of create the best lineups you possibly can so the average style projection because I get a question about that like what's the difference between the course projection the style projection and the overall projection the overall projection is what I'm projecting for this weekend the average course projection is their course history of course you need to be mindful of how often the guy has played and then of course the style projection is where I'll take an aggregate of several tournaments of the same style in my opinion and what the score is for each player um, so looking at Justin Rose in that in that light for the style projection 22nd you know projected at 90 so I do like it I think there's some upside there just we'll see how ownership shakes out Alex Noren is 8400 interesting case i don't know if i'm gonna go there um can putt well here right we're changing that putting service off bermuda he can putt really well here it's just he doesn't have many of the intangibles that i'm looking for 14th and 40th of course we already talked about siwu winner here the year before his ownership's probably gonna be high because he won last year but again that was not part of a program it was a little bit different all right and then uh the last guy i want to mention is luke list Luke List. Luke List is somewhat of an interesting case. He, he's 20th in my overall stat model. 20th. Okay. He has what I see, though, and what, what I appeal for is he has a high top 10 percentage, right? A high top 10 percentage at 8,000, the min price. Now, I get it. 36, 37-year-old Luke List, right? No wins on tour. No majors on tour. You look at, like, his average rank here, though. Like, of all our models, 23rd. He's averaging a 23rd, a rank of 23rd. 12th in the confidence, 27th in the aggregate, 20th in the overall stat model. Putting's going to be suspect here, especially on the surface, but with Luke List, it always is. Probably hence why he hasn't won that much on tours. Putting's always been questionable. PJ Tour stats fit the mold, and he's just a sheer tournament play. 21st, three missed cuts, and a 41st here at the American Express. So not looking solid. But then you look at you know what he did during the fall swing. Missed the cut at the Fortinet. 11th at the Houston Open. Followed that up with the 10th at the RSM. You know Before those three, 7th at the Zozo. Of course, then we had, you know, miscut at the Shriners, 17th at the Sanderson Farms, 51st at the Fortinet. Like, you've got a lot of options here with Luke List in terms of GPP. At 8K, I think there's a ton of upside for Luke List in this spot. So that, that'll basically break down the 8,000 range. I heard a lot of people talking about Johnny Vegas. Um, not seeing Vegas for a, quite a while as me you know has some cause for concern you look at him at the american express though four straight mid cuts 34th 11th 69th and 55th um gaining strokes t to green almost 11 um but average finishing place of 42nd at 8100 not going to do it for me in the gpp i get why people want to go there i do it's just not something i'm going to be interested in doing right now you know it's the 7k range that really has got me excited in jones really to get some of these guys so we're gonna jump straight into that and the three guys that i want to mention are hadwin landry and Steele. these three guys are 
kind of like tournament course horses. They're they're gaining strokes everywhere. Steel comes in at 7,200, so he's going to be the min-price guy here in the 7K range between those three. Hadwin, 7,900, and Landry, 7,200, uh, another min-price guy. The thing, the thing, like, I love about Hadwin here is that if you research how he's done in 54-hole club events, he's done pretty solid, right? He ranks very high, top 10 for me in my models at 54-hole cut events. So I do like Hadwin here at 7,900, but I think a lot of people are going to end up liking Hadwin by the time lineups come locking in on like Wednesday, Thursday night. But they're not going to love Landry here, and they're not going to love Steele. I think ownership is probably going to deviate and go elsewhere for those two because they're mid-priced. You know, we'll see at least like 5 6% for Landry. Steele, not so sure we'll get that high for him. He's just not as prolific or as good as a golfer. But in my confidence model, like, these guys are projecting in top 65, right? Landry's questionable in the overall stat model at, 81, uh, at 56. So is Hadwin at 81. Um and you look at the overall stats, it, it just doesn't fit. But why the success here? Why the success at this course, the American Express? And, of course, it's the fact that certain players love playing in these programs. Certain players love the 54-hole cut. They get their bearings straight. Three different courses, they're able to adjust and adapt to playing on different services, different challenges, more than a different professional golfer is who might need like one or two rounds on the same course to kind of like really bomb and gouge it. So that's why I like those guys in this 7K range in terms of those three specifically. I just think there's a lot of options there for them to succeed and you guys to gain some leverage. Um, further in this 7K range, Kevin Streelman and Lucas Glover. These are two guys that, again, ownership is not saying like, play me, play me, play me. You need to play me. You should love me. But they're projecting high, both in the top 40 projections. Um, they have questionable course history here, right? Um, so, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I will say this. that they're, they're, they're GPP plays, if you've ever seen them. Like, Glover missed the last two cuts here. But it's got a 12, 29th, and 41st before that. Streelman, he, he is an absolute GPP bomb. But the reason that I'm throwing him in here is because of his success at 54-hole events, right? He's had massive success here at 54-hole events. Um, but here's the thing. At the American Express, miscut, miscut, 34th, 29th, and then a miscut. And that's, you know, going down in years. So it it it's a GPP play if you've ever seen one for Streelman. Do you need a lot of him? No. Do you put him in a 20 max? I don't think so. I don't think you have to go that far for getting Kevin Streelman in your lineups in the 20 max, but but still like there is a lot to like there in terms of like Kevin Streelman could be a solid play. Absolute solid play and sneaky play. Again, don't go heavy. Don't go heavy because if you do uh, good bite you again. Back at 7200 we are going to go back to Hayden Buckley. Again, he's the Corn Fair player. One last year, played on tour. We've seen some really good success so far this year on the PGA Tour. I talked about him top 10-ing, top 5-ing, winning last week at the Sony. He finished 12th, right? And we're talking about a guy who's a rookie on tour who, 
has a fourth place finish at Sanderson Farms and eighth place finish at the Shriners. Like he's coming into the tour, he's going to be a volatile player. But at seventy two hundred, he's a guy I want to be on rather than fading. Um, Vegas has him at one hundred twenty five to one, and you know he's mispriced. He's better priced than guys like Kramer Hickok and Alex Smalley. So like those two are way overpriced when it compares to Vegas, and that's why I'm not even going to be touching them. Um, you look at look at where you could take advantage. Hayden Buckley, I think, is a GBP sneaky play that could help you in your lineups. He does have a pretty like high cut percentage, though. I calculate about like 46-47%, which is pretty high. But mind you, I, I calculate Landry, who we talked about before, is a, is a GPP play at like near 60%. Like that's a high-risk play. So questionable stats obviously for Hayden Buckley early stats for Hayden Buckley we don't have a lot on him but I still think there's some huge advantage here rostering him at 7200 Adam Svensson $7,000 I think there's some things that we notice about his game that correlate well here of course he doesn't have really any counting stats but we saw 18th place finish in 2019 the one time we saw him some finished top 10 at the Sony Open I've kind of been on Svensson like all fall swing and it's been mixed results we had a 51st at the fortnet miscut but sanderson and and the shriners but then he followed that up with the 22nd at the bermuda 45th at the at the worldwide technology championship but then two miscuts so he's the type of guy where you're just going to get a lot of volatility from but he's kind of our favorite type of player right like, he can score, he can approach the game well, he can hit greens, he can putt well. So there's a lot to like here about Svensson. He's a GPP-only play, right? And he's rounding out that 7K range at 7,000. So people are going to go like Cameron Champ, Chris Kirk, Chaz Reeve, Gary Woodland, Brandon Todd. Like, I, you know, going back to this top 7K range, I don't know if I'm going to need to go there, um, like, too heavy. Obviously, these are kind of like ownership shakeouts. Guys I like more, like Kirk and Champ. Um, I think they fit this course a little bit better. But Gary Woodland, always sneaky good that, that he can sneak in and play well. Um, if you look at them at the American Express, Chris Kirk, though, had, does have two missed cuts. Um, Ches Reeve missed two consecutive cuts. Follow, you know, But prior to that, a 26th, 36th, and a 12th place finish. Uh, Gary Woodland. Played here once in the last five years, had a top 20, and it was last year when it was a no-cut event. So, surprised to see him back here for a pro-am, but he must have liked the course enough or the course rotation enough. It was a little bit different last year, so we can't say that. You know, it's exactly the same. But, of course, Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk has uh, 2017 top 25, then two missed cuts, and then back to the top 20 in 2021. So, GPP plays again. Um, you're not going to see as much consistency here at the American Express based on the format, the setup. I think a lot of it has to do with the pace of play and just how they're able to manage and adjust to that. So, all right, down to the 6K range. You know, the, the monsters and the guarantees. And I'm going to tell you, there is not a lot to love about the 6K range. My balance, my, my balance builds are probably going to be in place here. But guys that I like that are kind of sneaky, I think Nick Hardy is a very sneaky play. He's not necessarily going to pop in any single model. Um, but he missed the cut at the Sony, right? And that's 
basically all we got. We're not going to get a lot of stats on him in 2021. But he's a decent enough putter. He's a decent enough scorer. He's got upside. So I might take some advantage of that. Roy Sabatini, Henrik Norlander, I think those are two guys that you just got to kind of consider up here at the top range. 6,900. A shorter course again. I don't mind going two sneds. His numbers are not going to show you if we're going to go back to him. But we talked about him last week saying, like, short course, big advantage. Well, he finished in 36 last year. He was in the 6K range. This week, same deal. The one thing, again, though, Snedeker doesn't love these, like, 54-hole cut events. Right? He's got two missed cuts here. So that is a bit of a concern. CT Pan, no. No, thank you. You know what? You want Hudson Swafford because he won in 2017. But then he's got two missed cuts, right? So so the course history is kind of unpredictable. Nick Taylor's made four out of five. That looks pretty good. So if we look at the player pool builder and we eliminate the pricing tool tier of all the guys in the 7K, 8K, 9K, 10K, and of course, Johnny Rahm all the way at the top. All right, here is how the top 10, the power rankings, figure out this week for the 6K range. We're looking at number one, Chad Ramey. Of course, he's been real popular lately because of how his numbers pop. Um, don't know how that's correlating to kind of like everything we see on tour. Grayson Sig, Dylan Wu, Matt Naismith is number four. Rory Sabatini is number six or number five. CT Pan's number five. They're both tied. Then we got Sepp Straka, Swafford, Ryan Moore, and then Zach Johnson rounding out that number 10. All right, so Zach Johnson rounding out the 10th place finish there. Um in terms of like sneaky good, sneaky upside here, there really isn't too much that I would say are a must play for me. Um, 6K kind of is just really garbagey, right? I, I guess you could go Pat Perez at 6,400. You always got that Pat Perez random upside. He's got a withdraw and a miscut here, but he does fit this course, right? Especially in the 6K range. He, you know, I, I do like how he kind of fits can he get past playing in a pro-am that's a debate we could always ask ourselves right Ugh. man the 6k range is brutal but that's that's it like you got you got the guys i mentioned in the top 10 you can go to graham mcdowell he's always solid if you want to come back to him um but there's no one really that i love here in this 6k range it just it's just a plethora of ugh. Like, maybe you want to go someone like Jimmy Walker and Bronson Burgoon. Historically, they look good in 54 cut events, but limited data, limited sample size. Like, they're solid. Like, Jimmy Walker is especially solid from, like, proximity at 200 yards plus. Um, solid from tee to green. You know, we got numbers on him for at least, you know, endless amounts of rounds thanks to his age. So, Jimmy Walker, 6,200 is probably, like, the min I would go. The min I would go, and then like Kevin Chapel, Nate Lashley, those guys are options as well. Um, they're look like if you're gonna go with that stars and scrubs build, I I, I think you just kind of go tried and true, pick your random guys down here in the six K range and hope it works out because th this pro am just throws so many wrinkles into it, right? The pro am just throws so many wrinkles into the actual foundation that is this tournament and makes it just. Makes it just really annoying, to be honest. Just makes it annoying and tough and different, and we're coming off the momentum of the Sony, and it's frustrating. It's really what it is. It is just frustrating. 
All right, that'll do it for the Birdie and Beggar segment. But who can't we play? Who can't we play? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. This is the Cutline Signature segment. Can't do it, won't do it, can't touch them, won't play them, double digit ownership play that we are going to fade. And that answer, my friends, is very simple. That is the aforementioned Russell Henley. I can't play him. I cannot play Russell Henley at double digit ownership, 9K, because he did so freaking well last weekend right second place finish nice job there buddy made me money finishing in second but a guy who hasn't made a cut here in the last four years over four last five years the guy hates pro-ams the guy hates this course and you're telling me that henley because of his recent form is coming in at 20 something percent ownership 25 percent ownership come on man no dice no chance i don't care where he ranks in my models i don't care anything about that i am not not going to russell roster russell henley can't do it won't do it can't do it won't do it won't touch him neither should you russell henley can't do it let's take it home oh you men are all alike seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the American Express Pro-Am. Join us next week as we break down the Farmers Insurance Open at Tory Pines. Woo! and other courses. Let's do a special shout out to Fanshare Sports, special shout out to Golf Goons. And then of course, if you need those gambling picks for other sports, make sure that you guys check out Picks Empire. That's it. It's the breakdown of the Amex. Cut line out. Smash the cash, boys. Smash the cash. Let's go.